Just getting started. A big show today. A lot of a lot going on as as usual. Really, some terrifying things. What do you think? Uh, What's terrifying? I, I don't know. It just seems like there's a corner of the world that's uh, currently <laughs> getting uh, wiped off the, the map. Well, which that is... shows what Stu knows. Mm-hmm. A corner of the world. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows we're a, we're a, you know, a big flat disc with no corners. <laughs> that's true. I guess it is in the middle, too. <laughs> I mean, we call it the Middle East. Mm-hmm. So it's so really it's not in a the corner. middle of the world. Well, not really. Because <laughs> everybody knows we're a sphere. Some, potentially some inconsistency in the last few minutes. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Welcome to the program. Also, we have to talk about, I'd, I'd like to talk about this NBC thing that is going on. Uh, reason has a really good reason uh, on why we are going, no, the Federalist of why we went in to, uh, or abandoned the Kurds, if you will. Really good. If that's what Trump was doing, that's really good, I think. Have you read that article yet? I don't think I have. I've, I've yet to see a really good reason why we've yeah, done that. Yeah, I think that. this was a really good one. Cool. Um, well, I hope this, that, that, that would be promising. Yeah, more on China and uh, some, some, some significant updates on the China thing. Uh, I'm sorry, on the Ukraine thing. And John Solomon joins us today. Nice. So he's one of the lead investigators on this. We'll have more coming up in just a few. Welcome. There's kind of a, a nasty little thing going around about Joe Biden. Joe Biden yesterday, for some reason, has decided now to endorse the impeachment. Now, why hasn't he endorsed the impeachment earlier? Any ideas, too? Why Why hasn't he really fully endorsed I that? I think he's tried to maintain his position as the... You know, not Elizabeth Warren, right? He's trying to play a different lane. Mm-hmm. He's trying to appeal to voters who might be in the middle. Mm-hmm. And remember, it has not polled well until very recently. So it's been an unpopular issue for Democrats until the last, basically the last week. So you think that maybe he's just watching the polls? I think potentially the campaign is reacting to the realities on the ground, yes. There's another possible reason. We're having some documents translated. Hopefully, they'll be translated by the end of the show. Um, We're anxious to see what they have to reveal. Some say they are proof that uh, Burisma was paying Joe Biden. Now, that would be a problem. Of course, it's a conspiracy theory. We begin there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. And the data breaches just keep coming. All weekend long, another data breach weekend. Uh, There were two major data breaches recently. DoorDash, popular uh, app-based food delivery service, breached. Means that almost 5 million users who uh, joined after April of 2018 eh, might be affected. Meanwhile, a known cyber criminal recently breached, is it? Zygna? 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 
Z-Y-N-G-A. I have no idea. They're the marketer and maker of gaming apps like Words with Friends and Draw Something. Wow. Draw Something. That's an app. Draw Something. Go ahead. Draw Something. In this case, uh, he may have exposed the account information of hundreds of millions of players. Um, We're talking names, email addresses, logins, IDs, passwords. This sounds great. When your personal information is breached, cyber criminals can open accounts. They can file tax returns. They can buy property. They can do a lot of things. And you certainly can miss identity threats if you're only monitoring your credit. That's why there is LifeLock. They detect a wide range of identity threats, including things like someone selling your social security number on the dark web. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can see the threats you might miss on your own. If you act now, you get 10% off your first year with promo code BACK. Because the breaches just keep on coming all weekend long. And if you'd like to participate in a safer world, call 800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or visit lifelock.com. Use the promo code back and save 10% off your first year. That number again is 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Promo code back. Ukrainian MP Andriy Durkach revealed yesterday that former Vice President Joe Biden received $900,000 from the Burisma Group for lobbying activities, citing materials related to an investigation. Now, before you get excited, I want you to know uh, that we have not personally translated the documents there are several documents we have only one of them and it's all in ukrainian we are having it translated during the show today uh, which is our first opportunity to have it translated i am reporting on someone else's information we have not confirmed this yet uh this is um Ukraine's Verkhonova Rada member who is citing the investigation materials. Uh, He has publicized the documents which he said describe the mechanism of getting money to Biden Sr. at a press conference at Interfact Ukraine's press center in Kiev on Wednesday. This was the transfer of Burisma Group's funds for lobbying activities, as investigators believe personally, to Joe Biden through a lobbying company. Funds in the amount of 900000 were transferred to a U.S.-based custom- uh, a company, Rosemont Seneca Partners, which, according to open sources, in particular the New York Times, is affiliated with Joe Biden. Well, it's, it's, it's his son, Biden. The payment reference was payment for consultive services. Uh, Durach also publicized sums of money transferred to Burisma Group representatives, including Joe Biden's son. According to the document, Burisma Burisma paid no less than $16.5 million. uh, To Devon Archer and uh, Hunter Biden. 
who joined as a board of directors in 2014. Um, Using political and economic levelers of influencing uh, Ukrainian authorities and manipulating the issue of providing financial aid to Ukraine, Joe Biden actively assisted closing criminal cases to the activity of, of former Ukrainian ecology minister, who is the founder and owner of the Burisma Group. Biden's fifth visit to Kiev on December 7th, a date which will still live in infamy, was devoted to making a decision on the resignation of the prosecutor general, Victor Shokin, over the case of Zolevsky and Burisma. Loan guarantees worth more than $1 billion that the United States was to give Ukraine was the point of pressure. Biden himself admitted exerting pressure in his speech. Uh, According to Interfax, that is the group in um, the journalistic group in Ukraine, the timeline of events proves that the U.S. linked the Zelensky case to the loan guarantees. We know this. After the decree dismissing Shokin was published on April 3rd, the governments of the United States and Ukraine signed a loan guarantee worth $1 billion. In this case, there are facts that should be subject to investigation, he said. The agency has powers to investigate them. The U.S. Department of Justice, the, if the Ukrainian prosecutor general signs documents and sends them to the U.S. Department of Justice without any request, he will accomplish his mission. Considering international corruption in public is a way out for President Zelensky, I am certain that he is not involved in international corruption. The problem with this story is is we don't know who to trust. Because everybody, everybody has lost credibility in Ukraine. And uh, everyone in the entire country. Well, no, there's... I'm serious. It just seems like every time you bring up anything... There's always going to be a corruption allegation because it seems like everyone in the country has committed some sort of corruption crime. Well, there is Victor. You remember Victor. He's the guy with the dog. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cute dog. Cute dog. The dog committed they, a corruption crime. Uh, yes, but know. not Victor. But Victor. But Victor's clean, no. we think. Mm-hmm. Um, no, here's the, here's the thing. Let, let's just change countries here for a second and put it in our part of the world. Cor- uh, um, uh, The uh, Ukraine is a very small country in the grand scheme of things. Okay, it doesn't have a large GDP. In fact, look at their GDP and see if you can compare it to states. See what state uh, Ukraine is like. So it's a small place. Yeah, it's 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 medium. I would say it's medium, right? Uh, I mean, Texas is bigger. California is bigger. New York will be bigger. Mm-hmm. Florida probably will be bigger. I mean, it's it's a state. Yeah, obviously part part of the Soviet Union, uh, right? For a very long time. Yeah, uh, it's where you can go to if you want to go see a nucle- the fallout of a nuclear disaster. I want to go. I really want to go. I do too. Uh, that's the place to go. Right uh, in Ukraine. Right. Uh, let's see, Ukraine. Um, so so if we could compare it to a country in our hemisphere. Imagine if the Republicans all of a sudden had their family members. Uh, by the way, have you heard the latest on Nancy Pelosi's son? He was also now the, I think he was the COO of a oil company in, in Ukraine. So weird. You know, 
I don't think of Ukraine as a as a, as, as Disneyland where you send your children, but everyone no. in the Democratic Party seems to be sending their children over okay, there. Okay, so imagine. I think of it a place where where a hostile sequel would occur, uh, <laughs> right. and instead, right. they, people just keep sending their kids over there. Right. So if if a bunch of Republicans sent their families down to let's say Brazil, and they were and they were all running, you know, I don't know swimwear stuff in brazil we wouldn't necessarily think anything however if the republicans all sent their kids and their the dnc set up shop there and they were working through the embassy and all these things were going and the country was colombia we might all say you know george bush's kids set up a farm there i'm wondering what they're farming in colombia I wonder what kind of leaves they're picking down there. I wonder if this is a I wonder if this is a front for drug lords. I wonder if they're getting kickbacks from any drug lords and they're living high off the off the hog in Colombia. Wouldn't we be asking those questions? This is as corrupt as Colombia. And all, all of our uh, of our democratic uh, friends seem to have some pretty great deals. Now, the latest on uh, Pelosi is that her son, and there's videotape showing it where he's he's proudly talking about his company. Um, it appears as though he was made COO of this company, but this company apparently was started by two criminals that couldn't own a company in Ukraine. They were no longer allowed. They were so corrupt. They were no longer allowed to have a business. And so Nancy Pelosi's son appears to have been kind of a beard for this company. Now, you would think again that if you were going to send your kids over there, you would warn your kids, hey, kids, this is really corrupt. I mean, you could easily fall into those Colombian drug lords. So if you go to Colombia, don't get in bed with drug lords. But both Joe Biden, John Kerry, and a third now, Nancy Pelosi, sent their kids over there, and they all happen to fall in a play with drug lords. Darn it. They're all in bed with oligarchs, and criminals. Hmm. It's just so weird. I mean, you think oh, really, really weird. Why would you? Why would you really even weird. go there? It doesn't seem like there's like tons of direct flights. No. It, doesn't, it just doesn't <laughs> no, it's just seem not like a place yeah. you just go to. Yeah, people don't even know if it's Kiev right. or Kiev. They right. can't even figure it out. Yet <laughs> right. They keep sending people there. Right. They're sending people there. By the way, this is the place that Russia was trying to take back. And Russia had troops shooting people in the main square. <laughs> Just at the same time, everybody's like, hey, kids, why don't you go start a business in Ukraine? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so there's 233 countries uh, or states in the world. Uh, Ukraine, 33rd in population. 
44 million people. How many? What's the GDP? GDP. You look that up. Give me one yeah. minute. I'll come right back. We'll look at the GDP. This is not a significant country. I mean, yeah, it a, plays yeah. a role because of its former Soviet status. But it's it's not like why? Why did they send so much over there? Uh, and I'm not talking about, you know, sh- should we defend them or help them? I mean, they sent their Obama sent his personal attorney over there. Hillary Clinton sent her her uh, personal strategist or chief strategist. Obama had his chief pollster. Bernie Sanders sent his chief pollster over there. Nancy Pelosi sent her son. Joe Biden sent his son. John Kerry sent his son. Yeah. 192 countries ranked by GDP, uh, Ukraine at 132. Hello? And especially when you consider it's, what, 40, what did I say, 40? 33. 33 in population? Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like the monetary paradise you'd want. No, it's really not. Mm. It's really not. While you're sending your son off to war, the Congress, the Democrats, seem to be sending their kids off to oligarchs. Now, let me tell you about Sandra. Sandra is a listener of ours, and she had trouble sleeping for a very long time because she would wake up in pain all night. And the problem was the inflammation in her joints. You know, the aching feeling that you get through your body when you have the flu? This is a miserable feeling, and it was the one that Sandra was experiencing night after night, and there was no hope of change in sight. She was starting to despair, and uh, a friend told her about Relief Factor. Sandra, just like me, skeptical, but just like me, desperate. She had little to lose and a lot to gain if it worked, so she started taking it. She started taking it, she was only taking it for a few days, and her pain began to melt away. Now, she sleeps like a baby, which I don't understand, because babies wake up and wet themselves. So I don't want to sleep like a baby. But anyway, she's sleeping comfortably now. Relief Factor reduces inflammation. It's a major source for most pain. And for 70% of those who take it, for only $19.95, you can get the three-week quick start. That is a small risk for the potential of a lifetime with less pain. If you want a drug-free, natural way to ease your pain, get your life back, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Ten-second break for Station ID. Thank you. All right, Stu. Yes. Your research. Tell me, what'd you find? Uh, I believe I said both of the things uh, right before break. Uh, so, thirty-third in population. Give me a give me a state that mm-hmm. has a bigger GDP. We know California. We knew. We know New York. We know right, like Illinois. Give me a comparison. The closest would be like Mississippi. Okay, all right. So this is the GDP of Mississippi. Why are all of the? It's not Silicon Valley. Why are all these Democratic kids all congregating in Ukraine? If it's not that mom or dad have a little extra juice there and you can go make a lot of money because we're going to set this up that you're a consultant that can help bridge the gap to the power players in Washington, D.C. That is what happened. 
And that's only one part of the story. And how come no one is reporting on that? You have John Kerry, the Secretary of State. His son goes over and he is put on a board of directors. Why did they put him on the board of directors? As a liaison to be able to get the most amount of money and influence in the United States. He's joined by Joe Biden's son. They're, play, they're paid up to $3 million, $3.3 million, just to bridge that gap. That's what they were for. Then you have Nancy Pelosi's son going over there, being a beard for a company that shouldn't have been started because it was started by two criminals who were not allowed to start a company. What, what, what is this not worth looking into? Yeah, I mean, uh, Peter Schweitzer has a great column on this in the New York Times today. Uh, and it is the conspiracy theorist, the conspiracy theorist. Somehow they let him write in the New York oh times, which is so strange, but he, he wrote what Hunter Biden did was legal. And that's the problem. And it, and he goes through the details of a lot of the stuff from Ukraine and China. Uh, and he boils down both of those things really well, um, for the very basic sort of outline of what happened. And the issue is that there's nothing preventing a, a close direct family member from benefiting off the name of some powerful government employee. There is stuff to, like, if you're married to someone, they can't benefit off your name. But sons, uh, cousins, this brothers, it's obviously ridiculous. And, right. And, you know, like, Biden keeps coming out and saying, like, these are totally debunked claims. If you think th- that these people, these bigwigs in Ukraine, were hiring Hunter Biden... A guy that not only had no experience when it comes to the gas industry, but also has all sorts of crazy personal problems that make him completely unreliable to make $50,000 a month. If you don't think the reason why they hired him was because they knew that Joe Biden was vice president, you're nuts. Now, they might have, you can make the argument they never received one bit of, of benefit from this. Hard to believe to me, hard to believe. But do I mean, we've talked about these things. You can say that there's no direct evidence of that. However, we know the motivation yes. of the of the country. We know the motivation in China. We know the motivation in Ukraine. There's no reason to hire Hunter Biden. The guy, it, it can barely keep his life together. Seriously. Literally. Like the, Literally. He, he is on he is on the verge and has relapsed more times than, you know, he. It's it's all it's like Sean Penn level. Yeah, the guy's had major problems. I wish him the best, but I certainly would not be hiring him for a fifty thousand dollars a month. Well, job. I would like to. You know, I mean, I guess we can understand why Nancy Pelosi's son was hired as the COO of an oil company because she is on record loving oil companies. <laughs> she loves them. <laughs> she thinks that they're great. They have a bright, bright future. Uh, so you can see growing up in that family that is so pro Exxon, pro so pro fossil fuels, you can see why her son went into the oil industry. Can't you? Wait until you see the You're letter from Biden. Have you seen this one? Back. Wait until you see the letter from uh, Biden to the New York Times. You won't believe this. Uh, X-Chair. I want to tell you something interesting I found out about the X-Chair. Did a little research. Turns out that three out of the nine Supreme Court justices rest their regal bottoms on an X-Chair. Really? Yeah. 
Now, not in the court. They all have the same chair in the court. Mm -hmm. But in their office, three out of the nine have an X chair. Uh, That's pretty pretty cool. Um, The justices know quality and comfort when they see it. And it doesn't matter if they are Republican or Democrat or left or right. They all have the same sore butt from sitting on it their whole life. So they rest in an X chair. They render good decisions, some bad decisions. Your decision that they made, the best one you can make, is to order an X chair yourself. Put it in your office. Put it in your office at home and sit in it. Once you sit in it, you'll know why nobody ever takes them up on the 30-day money-back guarantee. Nobody ever sends the chair back because it's great. XChairBeck.com or call 844-4X-CHAIR. If you're one of those schlubs that missed out on the 20% off thing for the uh, Blaze membership. I got good news. Yeah, it's active right now. GB20OFF is the code. Go to blazetv.com. Use the promo code GB20OFF. Welcome to the program. Uh, we have to talk about Turkey. The Federalist uh, has a very good story out about Turkey and uh, what Donald Trump is doing with Turkey and the the choice he gave them. They chose to go against the United States, and and he made that very clear. If you do that, here's what here's what's going to happen. And it's a really good look at it, a, a way to look at Turkey that I had not before. It seems well-sourced, uh, but it is a mess. We, we have a family uh, that the Nazarene Fund already rescued from ISIS, put them back into their homes as ISIS was broken up. Last night, their home was bombed, and uh, I got word that the full family was dead. There's an update to that. We'll talk about it coming up in just a few minutes. But we are going to have Mm. to move many, many Christians, and I'm afraid Yazidis as well, out of the region. Uh, These people have been clinging and holding on because they don't want to abandon their homeland, but it's going to, they're all going to, it is genocide that is coming. You said you had you you had seen uh, a good reason for for this all happening, right? From somebody from Reason Mag- was no, it no, Reason? No, it was a, f- a Federalist. Oh, the Federalist. Yeah, we're going to okay. get into that at the top of the hour. Okay, it's, you're saving that. Yeah, I'm saving that. I see. Um, you don't want to tell me? Yeah, no, I, I, I can't know about no. it. Well, you could read it's the Federalist, or I'll break it down for you in half an hour. Uh, right. The Biden campaign uh, wrote last night to the New York Times. And in the letter to the New York Times, now I want you to listen to this. Um, They say what was especially troubling about the New York Times active participation in this smear campaign against Joe Biden is that prior to its reporting on the subject by Ken Vogel, this conspiracy theory had been relegated to the Mm. likes of Breitbart, Russian propaganda and another conspiracy theorist, regular Hannity guest John Solomon. John Solomon, Conspiracy a, guy, theorist. a guy who worked for the New York Times, worked for the Washington Post and worked for the AP for 20 years, has exposed corruption on both sides of the aisle. 
a buttoned up reporter, now a conspiracy theorist. They then went on to say, um, uh, despite uh, work done by the independent press and fact checkers, including some by the Times, to refute the heinous conspiracy theorist uh, theory that Donald Trump attempted to bully Ukraine into propping up for him, the paper ran an op-ed by none other than Peter Schweitzer making more malicious claims about the Biden family. This leaves us with a critical question. Are you at the New York Times blind to what you got wrong in 2016? Or are you deliberately continuing policies that distort reality for the sake of controversy and clicks that accompany it? I just want you to know, Joe Biden went on the war path last night and is now claiming that the New York Times is fake news. And nothing but conspiracy theorists. It's amazing. It is incredible. What if we change the focus on this to um, uh, and say, okay, I I know this is a wild conspiracy. I I get that. I know we're crazy to even mention it. I mean, yes, we know for a fact that Hunter was doing business there. We know that, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody disputes that. Mm -hmm. And And, and let's not leave out John Kerry's son. And John Kerry's son. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and yes, he was being investigated. In fact, there were three investigations, and I think two of them were still going on. Mm-hmm. And yes, Joe insisted that the guy who was responsible for the investigations be fired in lieu of receiving $1.8 billion uh, in aid from the United States. Okay, all of that's crazy stuff. But let's just focus on this. Despite the outrageousness of the, of the allegation, if it happened, if you find out it did happen, then would that be in the national interest to know about? Mm-hmm. Well, 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 let me. Or would just, it just be well, for a campaign purpose? Remember, the U.S. gave Burisma one point eight billion dollars. Billion dollars. Mm-hmm. The guy who owns Burisma is the guy who owns the big national bank called Private Bank in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So it's not only that the influence went to Joe Biden's son, and they influenced to be able to get that 1.8 for this particular group. The guy who owned that is an oligarch of biblical proportions Mm -hmm. so bad he couldn't get a visa to come into the United States. Okay, He was not allowed into the United States. But when Joe Biden's son started to work for them, he finagled visas and had that ban removed from that oligarch. So that oligarch was coming to the United States and had a visa. He could just visit us anytime. The same month that the oligarch said, geez, where did I put that $1.8 billion? I know I put it in the bank, but now it's gone. Yeah. So they yeah. lost, quote unquote, lost the $1.8 billion of your tax dollars. That's a key. It's tax money. It's tax money. It's Mm -hmm. your money. Mm -hmm. They lost it. This guy is cleaned up for some reason. Under Obama, he could not get a visa. But soon as Joe Biden's son is in there, he gets a visa and he's all cleaned up. At the same time, he lost $1.8 billion from his bank. Yeah. And this isn't a problem? Yeah, they can't can't keep the lid on this. This is going to blow. And somebody's going to confirm this. It's, somebody it's, Democrats believe, like the New York Times or Washington Post, or somebody is eventually 
It's going to be too big. They're going to have to talk about it. They're going to have to expose it. And at that point, you're going to know it's the national interest. You're going to have to stop the madness with the impeachment nonsense. Well, you have you have now Nancy Pelosi's. Remember, what did I say this was really all about? That they were throwing mm-hmm. Joe Biden to the wolves. Mm-hmm. Okay? They didn't care about his election. While they thought that was important, now... All of it's going to be exposed. And so they were making this about Donald Trump trying to find Joe Biden dirt. Okay, and they were Mm -hmm. hoping that they could keep that lid. But the problem is Donald Trump, when he said, do me a favor, he said, look at the corruption, not with Joe Biden. Look at the corruption with the ambassador. Look for the corruption uh, of the lost money. Look for the corruption with the uh, the missing servers. Did you see what I put on the chalkboard last night? On the chalkboard last night, I looked at Chalupa. Now, this is the woman who was working for the DNC. Right. Well, who knew about her sisters? Her one sister is so connected in this whole thing that her sister is on the board where another board member, a guy named Dimitri, when the Democrats said, hey, we've got a problem, somebody hacked into our server, they called Dimitri. And Dimitri just happens to be the founder and owner of CrowdStrike. Mm. That was in the phone call. Wow. Before he said, hey, look into Joe Biden. He said, look into CrowdStrike. They knew. Donald Trump knew. I thought at the very beginning when I said it was like he didn't really know what he was talking about. Who did did Rudy Giuliani or somebody else write some notes and say, hey, ask him about this. And then he was passionate about Joe Biden and asked him two paragraphs later. No, no. Donald Trump knows exactly what was going on. And I said Mm. at the time they are throwing Joe Biden under the bus. It's a red herring. Because they know all of them are going to be exposed. Why did Nancy Pelosi all of a sudden change her mind on something she supposedly at the time said she had never seen? Because her son is a beard for an oil company in Ukraine. <laughs> That's why. This is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You talk about the corruption in Ukraine. We got nothing to talk about. Look at these oh Democrats. Gosh. Oh, it's despicable. No, the guy ready for this. The the Barack Obama administration said, "Hey, we're not going to send all these advisors and everybody over unless you have a uh, a national anti-corruption board, and we'll help you set that up." Okay, they did. <laughs> the guy who went to court and and got a guilty verdict against him for interfering in our election is the guy who was the head of the anti-corruption board. My gosh. It's incredible. Jeez. When is somebody in the mainstream media going to be willing to say, and I, you know what's crazy? If you were a real radical, you would do it because this would destroy the old Democratic Party. The ones who are involved in this, except Bernie Sanders, is sent over an advisor. We don't know what happened there. Mm-hmm. No fingerprints on Bernie being dirty here. But Elizabeth Warren, I don't think, was dirty on this. If you were somebody who wanted those radicals in, this burns down the old party. 
it also kind of clears the way for somebody else who's kind of waiting in the wings right now and making some noise that she might be interested oh, in joining the party. No. No, she's, action. You should you should watch last night's chalkboard. Oh, so you don't think she's going to run? No, no, no. She's she's involved. Oh, she's involved. I would not be surprised yeah, at no, all. She's involved. She sent over one of her advisors, um, the guy who uh, was um, instrumental in a couple of things. In fact, uh, funding uh, Stop Fake, which is is now translating all of the news into 11 different languages to stop all these conspiracy theories and stop all this craziness uh, funded by the biggest funder of Hillary Clinton's, uh, you know, her, you know, charity thing for crippled children. Uh, <laughs> he's in foundation. Yeah, he's one of the biggest funders of that. And he also, uh, in our investigation, kind of set up shop basically in, you know, right across the hallway from her office as secretary of state. So, so he could have a lobbyist that close to her. I mean, it's all, wow. it's, it's all in Ukraine. It's all in Ukraine. And Ooh. China. And and all over the rest of the world. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> I, you know, especially when it comes to the Clinton Foundation. Oh. I mean, that's not just in yeah. Ukraine. That's no. all over the place. 80. No. But there's that's a lot. No, but the key, the key, I think, they're, they're all gathered in Ukraine. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they were all gathered in China as well. Mm-hmm. But you got to remember, these countries are... Corrupt. China, you get things done through bribery. Ukraine, mm-hmm. you get three things done through bribery. They were using your hard-earned dollars to bribe people in Ukraine to screw with our election, to gather dirt on people, mm-hmm. to enrich themselves. It's, <laughs> it's grotesque. It's absolutely grotesque. Pat, thanks for joining us. Pat Gray does Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, you can hear it on The Blaze. Please subscribe to The Blaze, blazetv.com. By the way, uh, I was trying to send out uh, yesterday on YouTube, I was trying to send out the chalkboard. There's a 50-minute uh, minute version of the chalkboard on Ukraine. Guess what I could not find no matter what I searched for <laughs> last night on Google. I tried to search every possible combination i could find every video Hmm. except for that one huh it is incredible weird it's incredible what's going on all right our sponsor uh this half hour is uh norton now we've known the name norton for a long time they've they've got the go-to name in internet security since the internet was a toddler and they remain vigilant because with the rise in cybercrime, as the Internet takes up more and more of our lives, their job has only gotten harder over time. You need Norton in your life to protect your information. Norton Secure VPN. It is an easy-to-use virtual private network that uses bank-grade encryption to hide your online activity. Norton Secure VPN. It creates a secure tunnel for the information that you send and receive online so cyber criminals can't see it while connected to Wi-Fi. It also blocks companies that want to track your browsing activities. Norton Secure VPN. It is seamless. Just log in once and let it run in the background. Keep the prying eyes away from your information by securing Wi-Fi connections. Be private every time and everywhere you connect to Wi-Fi with Norton Secure VPN. Get Norton Secure VPN and browse privately. 
Secure your connections today. Just head to Norton.com slash VPN. Protection starts at three thirty three a month for the first year with annual enrollment. That's Norton.com slash VPN. Terms and conditions do apply. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Welcome to the program. We're going to go through uh, some of Hunter Biden's uh, life uh, because it is important to see um, who Burisma hired. Would you hire this guy? Um, and his his life is quite an interesting story. And I don't bring it up to humiliate him or I mean, there is nobody that understands alcoholism like me and nobody that is willing to give an alcoholic a second and maybe even a third oh you're gonna have to do much better than that but i was gonna say (laughs) this one is not a second or third chance um and we'll get into that here in um in just a second we're also trying to get a hold of uh schweitzer um because he wrote an op-ed about uh biden uh yesterday and joe biden is now saying that the new york times is part of a conspiracy theory um, and they're just pushing conspiracy theorists. Uh, by the way, a conspiracy theory of mine uh, has just become fact. Do you remember when I said they, the reason why the federal government got into guaranteeing student loans is because they were going to uh, offer to wipe those loans out if you just volunteer for some you know, uh, organization like AmeriCorps? Do you remember that? And you remember how everybody said, oh, Glenn Beck is such a conspiracy terrorist. Hmm. It just happened. They just announced that that's exactly what they're going to do. And it was Elizabeth Warren that announced it. She's been saying we're going to get rid of student loans. Yeah, well, there's a there's a catch to that. And she just announced it yesterday. All you have to do is volunteer for some approved government program and pay your debt. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Yes, here he comes, and he's going to help tell you about American Financing, who's our sponsor. They, of course, uh, I worked with them when I was buying my home. They're a great place to go. You can also refinance through them, and we are getting to that point now where home buying season is here. I mean, it's getting, it's, uh, it's. Well, home buying season is, uh, home buying season right now, um, it's, you know, good for some people. Uh, Some people are settling down. I have sold my house or bought a house every time I've bought one been thanksgiving weekend every time i've sold my house been right around thanksgiving really? weekend yeah it's, it's weird. weird it's really i guess weird. i'm thinking of the south because it's finally getting to the point where you don't mind walking outside to get <laughs> exactly into the house right <laughs> yeah all right so anyway american financing can help you with whatever you need you'll need a consolidation loan you need to refi to bring your rates down you could save up to a thousand dollars a month just on a refi now or if it's your, your next home or your first home 
American Financing. I want you to go there now. AmericanFinancing.net. Ten-minute phone call. Get you started. AmericanFinancing.net. We really have him on the lead conspiracy theorist, the guy who is just ripping off Wikipedia by using the same word here and there. (laughs) What will we stoop to next? Peter Schweitzer, a good friend of the program, a credible, credible journalist who is now being smeared and smeared in particular by a letter that was written by Joe Biden's team to yell at the New York Times, you're just feeding conspiracies based on something that they published from Peter Schweitzer yesterday. We get the story from the horse's mouth. If you can believe this conspiracy theorist, this is the guy who says that the Clintons are corrupt. I mean, what will he make up next? Peter Schweitzer in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Alan used to suffer from constant back pain. Terrible, terrible back pain. He had a severe accident on the job, and the pain was so intense uh, that, you know, for over a year, he couldn't go to work. He was at wit's end because he thought, this is going to be the rest of my life. That's when his wife said, try relief factor. She probably didn't say it like that. She probably said it with lots of love. Over and over again, the uh, wives in our lives. And, of course, I'm, I, you know, I'm a Mormon, so I've got plenty of wives. But uh, the wives in our lives are the ones who talk us into going to the doctor and doing the right thing. My wife said the same thing. Take it, please. What do you have to lose? So I tried it three times a day, just like Alan did. Alan wrote in and said, one morning I woke up in bed and I rolled over and I said, honey, the pain is gone. She said, well, I'm really glad it helped. He said, no, you don't understand. My pain is gone. Relief factor reduces inflammation, the major source for most pain, and it works for 70% of those who take it. For only $19.95, you can get a three-week quick start. That's a small risk for the potential of a lifetime with less pain. If you want a drug-free, natural way to ease your pain and get your life back, go to relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. We have uh, we have an update on Turkey and what's going on over there uh, coming up in just a few minutes. We're in a very bad situation, and I want you to know we're in a situation that was created by the Obama administration and, quite frankly, people like John McCain. Uh, and we armed people, and we've, we set the Middle East on fire. Uh, now Donald Trump is trying to get us out of there, and there's no good solution to this. We'll talk about that coming up in just a second. And the the price that people are paying over there 
because we lit a fuse. We'll we'll get to that coming up in a second. But first, that conspiracy theorist, Peter Schweitzer. I'm trying to take you serious, Peter, but it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Always great to be out with you, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Thank we're, you. I guess we're conspiring in front of your audience. Oh yeah, right? no, let's. We're going to swear everybody to secrecy here. You, d- no matter what you hear in the next few minutes, you didn't hear us. We're not really talking to each other, <laughs> Peter. Let's l- first of all let me start with this. Last week, in something completely outrageous. They started saying that you were ripping portions of your book right off of Wikipedia. And the the charges were so crazy because they were saying, uh, what, what was the what was the one example, uh, Stu, that we were talking about just yesterday? Like, uh, they're talking about the mayor of Chicago who had a press conference when he sobbed. And then they like take part of your sentence that also used the word sobbed. And they're like, well, he copied the word sobbed from Wikipedia. And it's like, no, that's actually a word other people use. Yeah. It's crazy. And and the problem is, guys, that, um, you know, if we had used the word cried, I'm sure somebody else had described uh, or published an article saying he cried. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, this is what's really happened is about two weeks ago, the New York Times had a news piece on this. Uh, The Biden campaign has has avoided trying to deal with Ukraine and China. You've talked about it and reported on it extensively. I did in Secret Empires. Their strategy was to ignore it. Uh, the problem is um, that, that it's really it's captured the interest of the American people. So they've gone on the attack, and their approach is still not to deal with the evidence. It's to attack the messenger. So right. uh, they have tried these scurrilous attacks. Um, the bottom line is they don't work. Um, people are interested in this material. And as we've talked about before, Glenn, this is all follow the money. There's, there's no conspiracy we're alleging here there's no theory here we have the money we have the trips on air force two we have the uh joe biden policies we have the joe biden favors now the people have to look at the material and decide one of two things glenn this is all just a crazy coincidence right that that hunter got these deals that he didn't deserve and that joe biden did what he did it's all just a coincidence or uh, there is corruption at the highest levels here. And I think most people that look at this, the vast majority of people say there's something amiss. And the Biden team, I think, is in panic. So I, I agree with you. And I think the um, I think the whole DNC is in panic right now. Yesterday, it came out that um, uh, Nancy Pelosi's son uh, was hired as, I think, COO of this oil company over in um, Ukraine. And you know right. why they went to Pelosi's family, because she loves oil companies, just <laughs> loves them. Um, but he was actually a beard for a company, for two owners of this company that were 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 um, uh, known oligarchs, known um, scam artists and criminals they were not supposed to be able to open their own company and so he was running it kind of as a beard well i think she's panicked too i think they're all panicking no you're you're exactly right glenn i mean if you look uh, i was listening to you earlier and you were talking about the clintons and you know the foreign country that donated more to the clinton foundation than anybody else was ukraine Joe Biden's son gets this sweetheart oil deal in Ukraine. Nancy Pelosi's son is involved with this deal in Ukraine. Um, John Kerry's son. 
Well, and, and, and here's, the, yeah, here's the thing, Glenn, is so, you know, we're all used to seeing all these stories about how corrupt Ukraine is, and it repels us. The problem is it has the opposite effect on our political elites because they see it as an opportunity to self-enrich. They see it as an opportunity for a quick payday in a way they could not get it in the United States. They could not get it in Japan or England because it wouldn't be tolerated. And this is the problem. China the same way. They're magnets for our political elite because they can do things and get away with things they can't in other parts of the world. And, and you know, as I talked about in the New York Times piece, this is a bipartisan problem. Um, but I got to tell you, and I think the evidence is clear, uh, nobody has done this more systematically than Joe Biden when he was vice president. His son had deals in China. He had deals in Ukraine. We know that in a money he was drawing cash from, Hunter Biden, there was money coming from Kazakhstan. There was money from anonymous LLCs from Swiss bank accounts. Um, so there's a bigger, bigger story here. And what the Bidens want to do is attack me or attack the New York Times. Um, John Solomon. Yes, John Solomon. Absolutely excellent reporter. Excellent reporter. I deal with reporters from all kinds of mainstream media outlets, and they all know John Solomon and trust John Solomon. Then how come they're allowing um, even the New York Times to smear John Solomon? John worked for the New York Times. He worked for the Washington Post. He worked for Associated Press. He has outed people on both sides of the aisle. He's won all kinds of awards. How come his colleagues aren't standing up and going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute? John Solomon is not that guy. Yeah, no, it's a great question. Look, I think that uh, the New York Times, um, there are all kinds of things going on there. Uh, I deal with some reporters there, and, and they are top-flight reporters. Uh, but there are problems with other reporters and with some of the editors. In, in the case of my piece that ran yesterday, this may surprise a lot of people, but I, it was actually solicited by the New York Times. They came to me and said, would you write a piece relating to the Secret Empire's book. You and I have talked about it many times, Glenn. Would you write a piece in the New York Times book talking about the Bidens, give another example from the other side, and propose a solution? So they approached me, and, you know, everything that we do is fact-checked internally. But when you submit a piece like that to the New York Times, they fact-check it. It went through fact-check. Everything was fine. So, you know, my experience is there are Times reporters that are really trying to cover this stuff. There are other Times reporters, it's like any news organization, who are going to be more lazy or they're going to do somebody's bidding. Uh, And that's what I think you're seeing. And what the Biden letter from the campaign is intended to do is to try to basically push the management of the New York Times uh, to silence these people that want to cover this story. That's that's clearly what their intention is. Not to mention intimidate other publications from allowing your work to be seen as well. Exactly. Um, and I will say, too, you, you mentioned you put some they asked for someone from the other side, which you supplied, which was yeah. uh, a person inside the Trump administration, along with Mitch McConnell and his yeah. wife, uh, Elaine Chao. And so you you went into this. You have even in the story they're complaining about. You went after both sides here. And your point being that this is not illegal. And that's the thing that needs to change. Exactly. I mean, it was funny. So another one of the hit pieces against me was uh, Jane Mayer of The New Yorker, um, which, again, has all this ridiculous stuff in it. But one of the things she she puts in there is that, you know, Schweitzer writes this book, Secret Empires, and really what he is is just an opposition researcher. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm, I'm thinking, man, I must be a really stupid one because I go after Republicans as well. So, you know, <laughs> who actually in my 
doing opposition research on. And what I would say is I'm doing opposition research on corruption, and that tends to be establishment political figures from both sides of the aisle. Um, and, and you're exactly right. This is a problem that doesn't have a deer R after its name. Uh, it has human after this name. It, mm-hmm. it goes to the basic roots. You guys talk about this on the radio all the time. It goes to that basic part of the corruptible nature of man mm-hmm. and power, its ability to corrupt people. And that's what we're seeing here. And they don't want people discussing it. I can't believe that the the Uber left is not joined this parade on ukraine because this takes down the the democratic uh uh, leadership the the guys who are in this institution forever it takes apart the democratic national committee it takes apart all of it and i can't believe that they're not grabbing onto this saying this is why you need to vote differently because these guys are corrupt why aren't they doing that Uh, Great question, Glenn. I remember in 2016, um, you know, when I did Clinton Cash and you and I talked about it and uh, it got a lot of media attention, uh, New York Times, et cetera. You know, Bernie Sanders was reluctant for some reason to to, you know, criticize Hillary Clinton on this corruption. But if you followed his hardcore supporters on social media or on websites, they were all over this material because they get it. I think what you're seeing with a lot of the um, candidates right now is they're jockeying. They're trying to figure out strategically what's going to benefit them the most, whereas their base of supporters, if you're an Elizabeth Warren supporter or Bernie Sanders supporter, uh, a lot of them are true believers. Um, and, and I think they are outraged and they are starting to speak up about this. And I think the Biden approach of just saying this is going to go away if we just give it time is not true. I think the the reporting continues, the momentum on reporting continues, um, and that's not going to go away. And he's going to have to address this. And the only way he's going to be able to address this, I think, is to lay out precisely what went on. Um, and he's just not going to do that. Uh, he's been in, in you know in a safe uh, Senate seat for you know since 1972. Then he was vice president. He's not used to being held into account. He never really had a serious challenger in Delaware. Um, and so it's just running contrary to his nature to say, I've got to go out and be honest and address this. That's, he hasn't had to do that in more than 40 years. So let me ask you about this. There's a, there is a new um, uh, allegation that came out from Ukraine yesterday um, by a guy named Andriy Durkak. He is a Ukrainian MP. And he said that he has documents, and we're having one of these documents, the only one that's been released, translated. Even the, the, even the press that has printed these documents has not translated for, for some reason. We have it in translation. I hope to have it by the end of the show, but I think it's going to be this afternoon before we get it. Um, but he says these documents show that Joe Biden, not only his son got a piece of $16.5 million dollars, um, but Joe Biden himself was paid nine hundred thousand dollars for his his work for Burisma on behalf of Burisma. Have you ever heard that he got paid directly? I mean, this is hard to believe because that's I mean, that that's that is illegal. It is, and, and I think it would be, you know, extremely reckless. I mean, look, Glenn, this is the reason I think that, that President Trump was actually, it was very appropriate for him to say the U.S. Department of Justice should work with Ukrainians to investigate this. The challenge in Ukraine is... Who do you trust? You, you, 
Yes, it's extremely corrupt. I don't really know this political figure. I don't know if those documents are accurate. I think exactly the way that you laid it out is perfect. You've got to be kind of skeptical and say this is hard to believe. But this is why you need people over there. The, the, the notion that somehow the Ukrainians should investigate this themselves, to me, is, is, is ludicrous. Yeah. Um, they're, they're just not going to be able to do it. And that's why we need people over there. Are these documents genuine? Are they real? Are they made up? Uh, there's so much political theater in Ukraine um, that I think we need to be skeptical until we have actual people go over there. John Solomon's been trying to do this. Yeah. Go over there who are professionals who know this and say, look, I'm, I'm using various tests, and these documents appear to be genuine. So I think your your, your tone and approach on this, Glenn, is exactly yeah. right. Yeah, it's it's uh, one of those things where when something is too good to be true, exactly, it usually is. Um, all right, Peter, thank you so much. Thank you for all of the work that you've done. Um, I'd love to bring you down for a podcast where we could spend 90 minutes on what you know uh, and take us through all of that. But I, I thank you so much for everything that you've done and keep your chin up. I know what it's like to be called a conspiracy theorist and to have all of your good work just thrown out um, and and ridiculed by those in power. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Glenn. I appreciate you it. You bet. So I've been over the last 10 years slowly rebuilding a cabin uh at our ranch in idaho and it's this 1880s cabin it, it was built about 1880 uh and when i say slowly i mean slowly because we're trying to do it justice we're trying to bring it back to the period and the beds and the quilts and the stove all of it and then i had to come up with window coverings and i don't want just curtains like they would have had i wanted something that could provide the fusion of the rustic look yet be a little modern uh, and i'm really really picky so tanya and i started looking and we were looking at blinds we looked at blinds everywhere uh, because we look for the best bargain we went to blinds.com wanted to make sure that they are the ones that could provide the quality that we were looking for and they were expensive everywhere else they were really expensive we went to blinds.com Got a great discount. But then I said to my wife at the end, did you put the promo code back in? And she's like, what? No. And I'm like, do you even listen to the show? Put the promo code back in and it recalculated the price and it was 50% off the price that was already really great. Blinds.com. We ended up buying our blinds at blinds.com. You should too. They have 30,000 five-star customer reviews. They have all of the bells and whistles, everything you're looking for. They send you samples. They'll recut them if you've mismeasured. It is great and will save you a buttload of money. It's blinds.com. Use the promo code Beck. Blinds.com. Today only, you'll save up to 40% on everything, plus save an extra $20 with promo code Beck. That's today only. Blinds.com. 40% off of everything, up to 40%, plus an extra $20 off with promo code Beck. Rules and restrictions do apply. We break for 10 seconds. Hey, uh, Stu, let's look into Joe Biden here for just a few minutes. Uh, and uh, how much well, time do you have, Glenn? We've got about uh, we got about five minutes. Okay, here. I, two. Okay, we two have minutes. Two minutes. Okay, and then we have uh, we have a guest coming up here in a few minutes. Um, but we can go through part of this. Yeah, it's incredible. So uh, the concept being, if you're Burisma, why are you hiring Bo, uh, uh, Hunter, Hunter Biden? Biden? Now you're you're hiring Hunter Biden because. 
he's a guy who can help you. He's he's got mm-hmm. well no experience in gas. Mm-hmm. Um, he has no experience on you know uh, being on a board of directors to run a gas company. Um, he has no financial you know holdings experience. So why do you hire him? Mm, why would you do that? Right. So it's not only that he doesn't have those things. He's a guy in the middle of massive personal problems. Okay. We don't say this to mock, but this is serious. So let me just go through what I found real quick. In college, he was using cocaine. Okay. Okay. And then he used crack in college. Then in 2000, so he went through a while. That was in the early 90s. 2001, he got drunk uh, on a train. Okay. And he decided he was having a problem. 2003, he decided with his wife he wouldn't drink for 30 days. And then he would always do it. And then on day 31 would break it. If, this sounds just like the stories you used to tell me about mm-hmm. alcoholism. September 2003, he goes into rehab. Late 2003, he goes into AA. Uh, two th- so then he has a nice break, t- about seven years of sobriety. Mm-hmm. 2010, he relapsed. He has three Bloody Marys. 2010 to 2011, he drinks uh, for several months, is what they describe. 2011, he goes back to rehab again. 2013, he gets on painkillers and has an issue again. In May 2013, he stops at a bar, and he has a cigarette that seems to be laced with something in, to, in his telling. Uh, then he gets test positive for cocaine. J- July 2014, again, 2014 is when he starts with Burisma. So this is what, what leads into his Burisma higher. I mean, I'm never going to get through this. 2014, he goes into rehab again to use a substance that is illegal in the United States at the rehab place. Jeez. Then goes back to rehab again in 2014 in, in the United States. In 2015, he starts drinking vodka again and moves out of his house. But by the way, he's still, I mean, he can afford the rehab and the drinks and the cocaine because they're paying him $50,000 a month. One of his relapse comes with the guy who runs Burisma. You're listening to Glenn. (laughs) And on and on and on. We'll have more on that and do that justice uh, in uh, coming days. I want to talk to you about my pillow. Uh, it is hard to fall asleep sometimes, and your pillow makes all the difference in the world. MyPillow.com is a new pillow that I've just started using. I didn't think I, I'd like it. I, I love this pillow. I don't know how it works. I don't know what the physics are behind it, but I just punch through both sides of the of the pillow right before I go to bed, and it puffs up, and then it doesn't go down again all night it's weird it doesn't get hot you're not constantly refluffing it and tossing and turning it is a great pillow i can't believe i'm doing a commercial for my pillow because i really didn't think i would like it i love it my pillow go to mypillow.com new radio listener specials just click on that enter the promo code back you'll get all kinds of deals on all of their products For instance, buy one pillow, get the second one free. New radio listener specials. Click on that. Enter the promo code Beckett. MyPillow.com. That's MyPillow.com. Go to BlazeTV.com and use the promo code GB20OFF. It's active here till the end of the week. You could still get 20% off your membership. Join now. Welcome to the uh, program. I um, am probably going to be very controversial here on my take on uh, Turkey and um, and the Kurds, but 
I want out of the Middle East. I, I want us to stop meddling in everybody's business in the Middle East. You cannot plant democracy. Um, and we as human beings, as individuals, we can gather groups and we can help. I'd personally like to see the NBA say, China, our money, your money is not worth the lives of people. It's not worth trading your money for people's freedom. I would like us to stand as people against these things and help when we can. I just don't want our military doing it all because we've caused some real problems in the Middle East. You know, it's not just us. It's everybody meddling in there. And it's a real tough thing. And I, I don't know what to think about um, the president's doings, although I read a great article in The Federalist that makes total sense. And if that indeed is what uh, uh, Trump is doing, and there's some good sources on there, I agree with him. I agree with him. But the consequences are high for people that even we have already helped out. The Christians and the Yazidis are going to come under attack, and the Turks want them dead. Uh, we have uh, uh, Rudy Atala. He is the chief operating officer of the Nazarene Fund. Um, he is uh, he's a guy. He's a native of Beirut, Lebanon, fluent in Arabic and French. He has had over 20 years in the United States Air Force, um, special operations to intelligence and counterterrorism. He has consulted presidents. And we are thrilled that he has been our COO, and he's the guy who is sending these rescue missions and putting them together and rescuing these people. Rudy, welcome to the program. Uh, good morning. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you so much. You bet. I, I don't want to get into the politics of this because I know it's split, and it, we may even disagree on the politics of it. I just want to talk about the human cost and what is going to happen and what our— our responsibility, I believe, for the people who choose to help their, you know, be a good Samaritan and help the people, um, what we can do. First, let's start with something I received last night, these horrific pictures of these people that were in what looked like even the hallway of a hospital um, trying to be um, cleaned up after a bombing. I was told both of them were dead. It's a mother and a father and their children, the Nazarene Fund, had already saved them once from ISIS and then moved them back into their houses. And I was told they were killed. You have a different story this morning? Yes, sir. Actually, they, uh, they survived. They were uh, critically wounded um, uh, with the bombings. Uh, the uh, unfortunate thing is when, uh, when Turkey began its bombing, it's very targeted um, uh, against the, it's, it's focused on the Kurds. But uh, as we know, um, Christian families live uh, uh, in, in Kurdish areas. Many of them come from uh, centuries, uh, you know, uh, of, of uh, you know, family lineage in the area. And this family, unfortunately, uh, was was uh, critically wounded. Uh, we're getting uh, the ground invasion just began uh, in a four pronged attack uh, into northern Syria. And uh, the displacement as of this morning, we're, we're hearing that over 100,000 people has, have already been displaced. And uh, this number is going to continue to increase. 
um, uh, we're slowly getting um, uh, feed from uh, from our, some of our our, uh, our members on the ground. It's been very very difficult, as you can tell from uh, from the bombings and the shellings, to get this information. But uh, so far. A lot more people have been wounded. We just don't have a very good tally on the numbers right now. We have, when we have the video, we are just receiving new video. Uh, if we have the video of, go ahead and roll this. This is a, a town that uh, somebody appears to be standing on their roof, and they're showing that it's just everything around their town is on fire, uh, been bombed. Um, they yeah. were safe. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about this video? Uh, Rudy, did you get it? Yes. Yeah, Glenn, I just saw the video. This is coming from uh, the town of Tel Abyad. That's in the uh, north central uh, region of Syria, uh, of northern Syria. And, um, you know, the person that videotaped this is videotaping the, uh, the, the different sections uh, where, the, where the Turks are bombing. Uh, the Kurdish forces are not going to uh, take this uh, laying down. They're going to actually fight. And the reason why the fighting is going to actually happen is because back in January 2018, the Turks uh, went into the town of Afrin in Syria and and uh, uh, cleansed over 200,000 Kurds. This was in January 2018. So, so Kurdish forces saw this and are not going to, uh, this time, sit back and not be prepared they are going to fight to the death so um, these are not people i i wish we wouldn't have been in bed with these particular kurds these are not the iraqi kurds who are very pro-democracy and freedom and love america these guys are really some you know they're they're marxist uh communist uh kind of you know they're authoritarian um and i don't like being in bed with them but still they fought against isis they actually were guarding a lot of the ISIS members, which we have taken apparently the worst of those ISIS people and got them out. So they're not, you know, released back into the public. But that's one of the things the Kurds and the Christians and the Yazidis are afraid of is the, the, those gates are going to be opened uh, from those prison camps and they're all going to just disappear. Yes, that's correct. So what's going to happen is, as as the Kurdish forces will be pressured, big camps like Al Hol camp, uh, which has houses right now over seventy thousand uh, prisoners, mainly the uh, the women and children of ISIS fighters. Many of them very radicalized and have sworn to fight. Uh, camps like Ain Isa, Roj, all of these camps now will be under a major duress because the Kurds will not be able to maintain. Uh, you know, guard over them. And the likelihood, and actually Baghdadi last month, uh, the, the, the leader of ISIS, uh, made a plea for his fighters to go in and rescue all these prisoners and get them released. We are now already hearing of, of ISIS in, uh, attacks, or we're hearing of uh, uh, suicide attacks. Uh, not unconfirmed yet, but I, I'm not I, I would not be surprised if they start to show um, you know, back when when uh, when ISIS was strong and they controlled uh, a good chunk of real estate in northern Syria, many of the ISIS fighters were found uh, with uh, with uh, SIM cards from Turkey. Their rear base, their their support would come from inside Turkey. Um, well, we know so we so shut down two organ harvesting, you know, quote hospitals, um, and they were in Turkey. 
They were they were helping harvest organs with ISIS. Uh, and, uh, you know, Turkey is Turkey is she may be an ally in NATO, but it's not an ally. It's not. They're on the wrong side. And if I'm not mistaken, I'd love you to correct this. They want to reestablish the Ottoman Empire. They want their land back, even from the northern Iraqi Kurds. They want to um, they want to wipe out all Kurds and many of the Christians. They don't want them there anymore. And Turkey has done this in the past. Uh, am I mistaken that we're looking at a, a genocide? Yes, I would call it an ethnocide, but yes, you're correct. And, and the reason why is because the current president of Turkey is a card-carrying member of the Muslim Brotherhood. And when the Muslim Brotherhood was established in the early part of the 20th century, the view from Hassan al-Banna, the founder of the Muslim Brotherhood, is to return to what he calls pan-Arabism and pan-Islamism, basically a control uh, when, when Islam had conquered all the way up to the end of the Ottoman Empire in the beginning of the 20th century, it had a large real estate in North Africa, across the Middle East, into a good chunk of Europe. And, 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 and the idea of behind the Muslim Brotherhood is basically to return to this pan, pan-Arabism, and that's the foundation of it. Um, the current president of Turkey holds these views in his mind. So what he's talking about right now is is repatriating a lot of the refugees that are inside Turkey into northern Syria and creating that buffer zone. Unfortunately, most people don't understand that what he really wants to do is he wants to rid of northern Syria of any presence of Christians or Kurds and replace them with Arabs, Sunni Arabs that have the same mindset. Because only 17 to 20 percent of the refugees currently in Syria are, uh, I mean, in Turkey, are Syrian Arabs that are Sunni, that are Sunnis. So, so he's not going to have a lot of refugees to work with, and he's going to have to replace the rest of these gaps with other people. Okay, Rudy, you and I have talked to many of these Christians in the past. They've wanted to stay in the area because they don't want to abandon the the birthplace in many cases of Christianity the you know, where the apostles actually set up the actual church that they attend. Um, and they don't want to, they don't want to abandon it. Uh, I have a feeling what's coming now. They're going to be willing to say, I, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. We got to get our families out of here. Yes. Um, this is, Am I overstating it to say the problem may be worse than it was before and we have to get these people out? Yes, it's a, it, it can become a lot worse and we need to help every single one of them. And the reason why is they're going to get pushed into areas that are predominantly dominated by uh, Iranian-backed militias, which are just as bad as, as ISIS. Yeah, and there's no place to we go. can see a resurgence of ISIS. So they would be indiscriminately targeted because of their Christian faith. And, and, and sadly enough, as you mentioned, we would lose a lot of those Judeo-Christian uh, areas that, that, that have been there for centuries that hold basically the, the, you know, the, the historical data 
of of our our heritage of where we originally came from like you know the tomb of jonah the tomb of nahum and all these all these very special old places that you read in the old testament so and these christian these christian families are 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 you know we we talked i was uh, in in iraq with my team uh not even a month and a half ago and uh, we were talking to 684 Syrian Christian families that were crying. They wanted to return back to Syria, but they could not because, you know, the infrastructure was taken away from them. They can't even work. Now we're going to see even more Christians leave from inside Syria, and all of them are going to be pushed into neighboring countries like, you know, Iraq, like Jordan, like Lebanon, which are already at the at the brink of maximum capability for to help refugees. So they don't have they don't have the infrastructure to take in more refugees. Uh, the medical capabilities are not there. So what the Nazarene Fund is doing is we are finding these families. We are helping them stand on their two feet. Uh, we're working with the government of Australia, and we're looking for other governments to take them in. We're trying to give them a new lease on life. Many of them are professionals. A lot of these Christians mm-hmm. uh, are are professionals, doctors, doctors lawyers, lawyers yeah. engineers very well-educated people. All they care about is raising their families properly, but they're not allowed to work in many of these countries. I had a woman, she looked at me and was crying. She said, I'm a, I'm a professional teacher. I ran a school in, in Damascus, Syria. I can't return right now because it's so dangerous for me and my family. She said, I'm, I'm stuck scrubbing toilets from, from 8 o'clock in the morning to 5 o'clock at night. She said, I'm not ashamed to do it. Nope. I received $5 a day for it. And, and she said, I'm not allowed to work as a teacher because I'm a Christian. And what's amazing is most of these people will do those jobs and they would do those for the rest of their life. But their lives are being cut short now. And this is a real problem. Sure. Please join us. Please join us. Nazarenefund.org. Help us. We need your support now. The Nazarenefund.org. We've got to move these Christians out. They're going to get slaughtered. Um, the Nazarenefund.org. We are the leading people in the Middle East doing this, and we don't want to leave anyone behind. Um, one other thing, we, you can also help us by joining us at the M1 Ball, which is happening a week from this Saturday here in Dallas. This is the, the thing that we do once a year that raises all of the money to keep the lights on, to keep people like Rudy employed, uh, because all of the money that we, uh, we raise through Nazarene Fund or anything else, emergency services, 100% goes to the cause. So we need to keep our employees employed, and we do that by raising money at the M1 Ball. And please, buy a table, buy a buy a, uh, a chair, even buy it and don't come, but please donate to uh, mercuryone.org slash M1 Ball. And also you can help directly. 100% of the proceeds go to Save the Christians at NazareneFund.org. Thank you so much, Rudy. Got to run. Let me tell you about Simply Safe. Imagine for a moment your house is on fire and you have a choice between two different fire departments. One fire department is going to get to your house in 45 minutes and the other one's going to get there in seven. Which one do you call? Well, this is the reason you should invest in Simply Safe. The average time it takes to, for police to respond to a regular home security system is 45 minutes. But with Simply Safe's new technology, it is only seven. Give yourself this advantage. There's no contract, no hidden fees, no fine print. The monitoring is $15 a month. You can cancel it at any time. Simply Safe has a huge deal going on. 
a free HD security camera when you order, and that's the key. $100 value free. You'll have eyes on your home 24-7, video evidence of somebody trying to get in and the police at your house in seven minutes. SimplySafeBeck.com. That's SimplySafeBeck.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Uh, we have John Solomon on next. John Solomon is at the center of this Ukrainian story and, quite honestly, impeachment. He is the guy who has been investigating and has most of the answers. Uh, John Solomon joins us next. We have some real questions for him because there's been an arrest made today in Washington with Rudy Giuliani's friends. Uh, and we also need to know some more information of what was happening with the whistleblowers. Attention. Thank you so much and welcome to the uh, program. We're glad you're here. This is going to be a powerful hour. You don't want to miss a second of the last hour today. Our uh, sponsors, realestateagentsitrust.com. They, um, these are people that show a very high sense of urgency. They r- respond uh, within 10 minutes usually, um, and anyway, unless you're at night or in real crazy off hours, but we try to respond right away to show you the kind of professional button-down experience you're going to get. If you're trying to sell your home or buy a new home, these are the people that are the experts in your area, and there they have the best track record in your area of getting things done. Uh, this is my company, realestateagentsitrust.com. You want the right agent, start there. realestateagentsitrust.com. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. John Solomon is an award-winning investigative journalist. He is the executive vice president at The Hill. He has worked for the AP, the Washington Post, the New York Times, and Washington Times. He is a journalist uh, of the highest level. He is now called a conspiracy theorist. He is the guy who has really been leading everyone on the Ukraine scandal. We have him for the next 40 minutes, 45 minutes, and I I have a ton of questions that I really want to get through. So we're going to start with John Solomon in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We've been talking to you a lot about Simply Safe and home monitoring system and how you can increase your peace of mind through the day by having it installed in your home. But there are other places you might want to protect. Maybe you have a kid in college. You know what the dorms are like. It's a fouler-smelling version of the Wild West. 
As the semester is drawing to a close, holidays right around the corner, why not give your college kid the gift of Simply Safe? It's the gift of peace of mind. Simply Safe, state of the art monitoring, always makes it easy with no contract, no hidden fees, no fine print, starts at $15 a month. Simply Safe has a huge deal going on right now. Go to simplysafebeck.com, get a free HD security camera. When you order, it's a $100 value. You'll have eyes on your home 24 7, video evidence as somebody tries to get in. Your free HD security camera now at simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. Okay, last week we did a chalkboard. It is the the most watched video the Blaze has ever produced in ten years. Um, it is it's watched on YouTube and Facebook as well. Uh, it is hard to find, however. Uh, it's almost like it's being suppressed. If you want to find this chalkboard, go to YouTube and the Glenn Beck page and search for Ukraine Scandal Explained. Ukraine Scandal Explained, and it should pop up, and it's a edited 50-minute version of the uh, chalkboard. A lot of the reporting that we uh, got and, and the evidence that we have on that chalkboard came from John Solomon, who has been relentless on Ukraine, and we have a ton of questions. And, John, normally we kind of meander, and I'd like to – I have literally have two and a half pages of questions I'd like to get to uh, <laughs> so we can kind of move ready. quickly. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on today. Okay. So, first of all, thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for the bullets that you are taking. I know what it's like to have your life's work just discredited and your yeah. and everything called into question, even though you have – the goods um and uh you'll make it through it and you're going to come yeah. out as a hero in this story i believe well, well the great thing is uh i don't really want to be a hero. i just uh, the good thing about journalism is facts are a stubborn thing yep and i think when people look at the facts and they get rid of the spin and the personal ad hominem attacks that don't have any basis you focus on the facts there are a lot of troubling questions and mm-hmm. i'm sure you're going to ask me a lot of them today yeah <laughs> well so um, Devin Nunes has just revealed that they were looking into a report of strange requests uh, to use yeah. government resources to monitor journalists okay. over there. And we have to be cautious because sometimes those are OK. Sometimes yeah. they're not. Do you have any new information on this? Well, I can tell you what happened. Uh, you know, I was listening with interest when, when Congressman Nunes made those comments last night. About 10 days ago, I received uh, some communications from uh, the intelligence community, from sources I had there, and they said to me that there, there was going to be a revelation soon about some inappropriate monitoring of my communications. Now, they weren't more specific than that. Uh, so uh, that's really all I've had for the last 10 days. And you know, I let my note lawyers know, and we're just going to wait and see okay. if an actual notification comes forward. And then we heard you know, Congressman Nunez last night. What he talked about was very similar to the, to the information the intelligence community sources were telling me over the last 10 days. It sounds like, from what we know, that um, it, uh, the U.S. Embassy in Kiev, uh, may have been monitoring a handful of journalist communications. Now, they might be public communications like our Twitter accounts and our, you know, our interviews, or they might have been private. We don't know yet. Um, there are very specific rules in the State Department and the intelligence community governing this, and it sounds like Congressman Nunez wants to find out whether those rules are complied with or not, whether this was an appropriate or inappropriate 
monitoring of communications. And, and as I learned a long time ago, this is my first time I, in 2002, the FBI similarly uh, or you know, actually inappropriately intercepted my mail without a warrant and kept it in an effort to keep me from writing about stories about mm-hmm. what had happened before 9-11. It just took a while to get to the truth, and I think we need to be patient. There, there seems to be a red flag here, but we don't have all the facts. Okay. I want um, to be careful and patient. Let's go get the facts, and we'll find out what happened. We have um, the ambassador, Jovanovic, uh, uh, testifying before the House. Um, do you believe she may be involved in any of this or just if you just don't know, you don't know? Are we going to get anything, do you believe, uh, new on whether she gave the Ukrainians the do not prosecute list and why she didn't grant visas to the prosecutors who said they had evidence on Biden and collusion between the DNC and the Ukrainian embassy? I, I think she's a very important witness, and, and I look forward to finding out what she has to say. Um, what we do know, uh, first of all, in the monitoring, usually such monitoring, if it was done out of an embassy, would have to be authorized by the ambassador under the normal rules. Okay. We don't know if that happened here yet, right? We could okay. have just yep. some rogue agents. So let's wait all and right. see. But the normal process is for the, would be for the ambassador to authorize such a request. So let's all wait right. and see what she says tomorrow. Right. We'll, we'll learn more tomorrow. On the do not prosecute list, this is one of my favorite red hearings. Um, the those who now conspir- uh, accuse me of weaving a conspiracy theory say uh, a Ukraine prosecutor, Lusenko, the general prosecutor, the attorney general of Ukraine at the time, did an on-camera interview. It isn't in dispute. He said it. And he said that uh, in his first meeting with Ambassador Yovanovitch in 2016, uh, she gave him a series of names of people she did not want uh, to be prosecuted. That was a sensational claim. And so I did the interview in February. I spent an entire month checking it out before I actually allowed the interview to run. That doesn't get mentioned in any of these stories attacking me. During that one month time, here is what I was able to do to corroborate what the uh, Ukrainian prosecutor general had said to me. First, the State Department and the Ukrainians both gave me a copy of the same letter. It's an April 2016 letter. It clearly shows the embassy in Kiev instructing, pressuring, ordering the prosecutor general's office not to pursue an ongoing investigation of a George Soros-funded group called ANTAC, the the Anti-Corruption Action Center Mm -hmm. of Ukraine. It's a George Soros group. It's funded partly by Soros, partly by the State Department. That letter unequivocally shows in writing that the State Department pressured Ukraine not to pursue an entity. In addition, the State Department uh, put a senior U.S. official on background for me prior to my uh, writing the story, and I gave him the, the names and said, these are the names that Prosecutor General Lusenko said came up in the meeting as people that the U.S. did not want to see prosecuted. And that senior official said to me, and I, I have the, the quotes right in front of me. I actually had them ready just in case you asked me about this. I can confirm to you that U.S. Embassy Kev mentioned several of those names during conversations in 2016 with the prosecutor general's office and other law enforcement agencies that we did not want to see those people harassed, investigated, or prosecuted. So the State Department confirmed it. There was written letters showing such pressure being applied. And now the the media and, and their defenders are trying to claim that that's a bogus story. It's not. It's been corroborated. It's been confirmed. And I hope tomorrow Ambassador Yovanovitch will honestly answer what went on in that meeting. I got news for you. I don't think she is because she's instrumental in the corruption. She would be incriminating herself on a lot of things, would she not? 
Well, you know, listen, I, I, she probably is carrying out what she thought was the policy of the United States or certainly her best effort at it. That doesn't mean it was right or wrong. I, but I think just getting the fact based right. out there, were, were the Ukrainians telling us the truth? It appears they were, based on my reporting. Let's wait and see what she has to say. Are you, as, the story. are you as solid on her not granting visas to the Ukrainian prosecutors that claim to have evidence of the Bidens and collusion between the DNC and the Ukrainian embassy, and she, under the Obama administration, refused entrance to those people? So my understanding is that this these visa um, requests uh, Oh, geez, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. No. Only, uh, so what happened was uh, a lot of people think that this all started with Rudy Giuliani going around Ukraine saying, giving me dirt. It actually started much earlier. First, in, in May of 2018, more than a year and a half ago, uh, Congressman Pete went to Ukraine, came back deeply disturbed. By okay, hang on, hang on. Are you moving in a, into a different room or pacing or anything? Because we're losing you. Uh, I don't think so. No. All right. Hang on just a second. Let, let's uh, let me take a quick break because I don't want to miss a single word on this. Let's take a quick break. Have our engineers look at this, see if we can get a better connection. Uh, and we'll come back in one minute with John Solomon. Um, all right. Whew. You know what every economist has in common? None of them have a crystal ball. The good news is that gold is at a six year high and that is good news and bad news. Good news if you hold gold, bad news if you don't like chaos. Lower interest rates, easing a monetary policy have both helped gold and silver to rally. And these things have always been a good hedge against inflation and even disaster. It never hurts to have a small portion of whatever it is you have in gold, which is why I use Goldline. Recession or not, you should have your financial house in order, and it is recommended that you have at least 10% of your portfolio in gold. And the company that I trust is Goldline. Now, if you say you can't afford it, Glenn, I've heard, I hear this all the time, I don't, I don't have money to buy gold. You actually do, because we're not talking about large sums. It's 10% of whatever it is you have now, you for a hundred dollars a month, and Goldline's the only one that does this. You can get and invest in gold or silver bullion through their um, uh, their acquisition. I can't remember what they call this thing. Accumulation special. And so $100 a month, you just buy $100 a month. They keep it there. And when you get to whatever it is, you know, a half an ounce or a quarter ounce or an ounce, they send it to you. Um, you, can, you can add your first delivery by calling and asking about their, their accumulation special. They're going to give you a half ounce of silver coin um, just for calling in and finding out about it. Things might be about to get bad, and you have to be prepared. Please call Goldline at 1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE, goldline.com. We break for 10 seconds and back with John Solomon. Okay, good. All right, we have him now on a different line and a different phone, uh, John Solomon. Uh, We were talking about uh, the prosecutor's at the right. embassy, did she refuse visas um, right. to let these prosecutors come in and work with the DOJ? So there were three waves of concerns expressed by Ukrainian authorities, including the prosecutors and other officials. May of 2018, then House Rules Committee Chairman Pete Sessions, a Republican from Texas, one of the most powerful chairmen in all of Congress at the time, 
he made a trip over to Ukraine. He came back and he wrote a letter to the brand new Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, and said, I have heard some deeply troubling reports from both Ukrainians and Americans that our ambassador is bad-mouthing President Trump, and I think you should recall her. That was the first time that U- Ukrainians on the ground raised the concern that they, were, uh, they saw the ambassador engaged in inappropriate behavior, interfering in investigations, that sort of stuff. A few months passed, nothing happened. So the Ukrainian prosecutors under Lusenko, uh, the career people, not, not Lusenko, the political figure at the top, but career people downstream from him. They hired an American lawyer. This is in the uh, October, November timeframe of 2018. They went out of the way. They hired a, a former U.S. attorney here in the United States, and they gave him a packet of information of things that they thought were going wrong. One was the, prosec- uh, the ambassador was interfering in Ukrainian internal affairs, like telling us who we could prosecute and not prosecute. Two, that Joe Biden had fired a prosecutor who was investigating his son's company, Burisma, And three, there is some significant evidence, and there's about to be a court ruling in Ukraine. This is in the fall of 18. There's about to be a court ruling that Ukraine inappropriately interfered in the U.S. election in 2016. We'd like to get all this information to the Justice Department. That U.S. attorney, uh, a Republican, reached out to the U.S. attorney's office in New York and provided that information. The reason they hired that U.S. attorney was that they had tried on their own to get visas to come to the United States, and the embassy was telling them they would not process the, the request. They were just sitting there unprocessed. So they wouldn't reject them. They wouldn't approve them. And so they were in limbo. And so they hired this lawyer uh, to go provide that information to the U.S. attorney in um, New York. I confirmed with that U.S. attorney. He did, in fact, convey that information. He was, in fact, hired. They were, in fact, not getting their visas. So an American confirms this story from the Ukrainians. Okay, so and then we go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. And then we fast forward. The third wave is when eventually Lusenko, the boss of these um, uh, career prosecutors in Ukraine, the attorney general of Ukraine, they call him the prosecutor general. He reaches out to me and agrees to do an interview. And he says on the record uh, what had happened, both, you know, confirming what Pete Sessions said, confirming what the prosecutors had done in the fall and, and you know, legitimately raising concerns, which is when we have a diplomat on our, our soil in Ukraine, their job is not to tell us what to do in our internal affairs, mm-hmm. to make, you know, deal with American policy, but mm-hmm. not to tell us who we can and can't prosecute on our own soil. And so three waves over over a year, all under President Trump all efforts to get information to the United States that they thought was troubling, and all before Rudy Giuliani ever got on the ground in, in Ukraine. So did we get those those documents? Did that ever come, and whatever happened to it? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, the uh, I spoke to the U.S. attorney, the lawyer who you know was hired. He says he did, in fact, give a, a general summary of what they had and then offered to get them all the documents, all the underlying documents that would validate or confirm that summary. And the U.S. Attorney's Office in New York never responded with interest, never asked for the documents. Basically, it died with the first uh, letter that was sent over. So uh, it does not look like the U.S. Justice Department under Donald Trump was very interested in it because they could have at least gotten the documents. So what did I do? I went and tried to get those documents, and I got many of them, uh, like the letter I told you about, the do not prosecute letter, uh, like the uh, bank record showing how much Hunter Biden was paid, I went and got those myself, and I spent months and months validating them with sources, both on the American and U.S. side. And when I would have two or three sources saying that is an accurate document, yes, I can confirm that happened, then I proceeded in writing my stories. All right. Um, 
a Ukrainian lawmaker who I've not heard about has just announced that he has documents that Joe Biden was personally paid $900,000 for lobbying activities for Burisma. He claims the documents back this up. Um, It seems like one of those things that is too good to be true. We don't know who this guy, I don't know who this guy is. Do you, and have you heard this, and is there any truth to this or possibility that it's true? It's come up many times in my conversations with the Ukrainians. Uh, The problem for me as a reporter, and again, it's a sensational thing. It would be a wonderful thing to report, you know, and make famous if it were true, but it's not true, right? uh, Here's how I know it's not true. I have the internal uh, accounting registers of of, uh, Burisma. I was able to get them from a source. They were validated by Burisma corporate officials. They show every transaction the company ever made. There is no transaction listed in that um, uh, accounting ledger and in any of the financial books or any of the wires that I also been able to get uh, showing a payment to Joe Biden. So I, I don't give much credence. That lawmaker is very closely aligned to Russia. So it could be Russian misinformation or propaganda. I will say many people have alleged that on the ground. There's a rumor that has long been on Ukraine, but I always stay in the form of, of, of what's in the fact. And what I can tell you is the amount of money that goes to Hunter Biden's company is a lot more than what Joe Biden and Hunter Biden say. If you look at the press reports of the last year, there's this number that keeps coming up that Hunter Biden only got $50,000 a month. Now, only is a lot of money. 50000 is a lot of money, right? That's a big chunk of change. The problem with that account is that it greatly under, uh, underestimates or uh, it greatly uh, diminishes how much money really was flowing to Hunter Biden and his company. I have put into the public domain uh, the corporate records of Rosemont Seneca. How did I get them? I got them from the FBI in America. They had seized them in another case. I was able to obtain them from the court file. For, from the period of 2014 and 2015, you can see from May 2014 through the end of 2015, regular payments totaling more than 166000 every month going to Rosemont Seneca from Burisma, usually in two payments, 83333 twice. It's highly likely that those payments were one for one was for Hunter Biden and the other was for his business partner, Devin Archer, both who got put on the board. Now, that's unusual. One American company having two board members uh, it raises a question about independence of the board. Right. But there is at least that much of money. Some months you can see as much as two hundred and twenty thousand dollars going to Rosemont Seneca. That is a lot more than fifty thousand. Right. Let we me- do not know what that money was for. It's marked in the ledger as consulting payments. So the, that would mean these board members were also paying themselves consulting fees. That is why the Ukrainians wanted this to be investigated in America, not under Ukrainian law. They wanted Americans to look at it and find out what was going on with the money. All right. Tell me about Nancy Pelosi's son. He apparently was also, uh, I think, a COO of an oil company over in Ukraine. Do you have anything on that? Have- I don't. I don't have much visibility on that. I've seen the reports. Um, I think there's a much more interesting story emerging uh, in the next few weeks. I would keep an eye in the next month on the Office of Special Counsel, not to be confused with Robert Mueller's Special Prosecutor's Office. This is a career office, and it's where whistleblowers traditionally go when they, when they have evidence of wrongdoing. I am seeing pretty substantial evidence that the OSC is, is, has an ongoing investigation into multiple energy companies in Ukraine and the possibility that the Obama administration 
created erroneous records that allowed more money to flow to those energy companies than what that they were entitled to get at the time. I, that case is still unwinding, but okay. I think we could see a lot of people involved in that case soon. Wow. Okay. Uh, more with John Solomon uh, from The Hill um, and the guy who is leading this story uh, that this is more than just Joe Biden. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Sandra was having trouble sleeping for a very long time. All through the night, she would wake up in pain. She'd toss and turn. The problem was the inflammation in her joints and, you know, feeling like you really, you know, that time when you're really hit with the flu and everything aches and hurts. One of the most miserable feelings. Imagine having that all the time. Well, Sandra was getting that every night. No hope in in change in, in sight. She was starting to despair. Then a friend told her about Relief Factor. She was skeptical, just like I was, but she was also desperate, just like I was. She had little to lose and a lot to gain if it worked. So she started taking it, and she said, with only in a few short days, my pain began to melt away. She now sleeps all the way through every night, and her pain has melted away. Relief Factor. It reduces the inflammation, which is the major source for most pain, and it works for 70% of those who take it. Try it for three weeks. Get your life back. Drug-free, natural way to ease your pain and get that life back on track. Go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Pretty big bombshells in just the first half hour with John Solomon there. He's going to be back in a moment. Go to blazetv.com. Use a promo code GB20OFF. Save 20 bucks off your subscription. Hmm. John Solomon John Solomon has been called a conspiracy theorist by everybody now. He is an award-winning journalist. He's worked for the Times. He's worked for the Post. He's uh, worked for the Washington Times. Uh, I mean, he's won all kinds of awards. He is now, um, you know, with the Hill. Uh, and what is what, what is your title there? You're, I think, executive vice just, president. Yeah, I, it's funny. I just left Friday the Hill to start my own new media company, which will be uh, merging in mid-November. And I joined Fox as a contributor, so that all happened in the last few days. I'm thrilled. And uh, in mid-November, we'll be launching a new news company committed to just fact-based reporting, just things about the news and uh, old-fashioned reporting brought back to life. Well, I'm I'm thrilled with that. I just wanted to point out to the audience, um, everybody says he's a conspiracy theorist. You know, on the right <laughs> or on the left, they're all saying this. But here's a guy who was attacked uh, through the New York Times by Joe Biden's uh, camp yesterday. He's asked a question about nine hundred thousand dollars. And he says, no, I you know, I looked at that. I don't think that that that's true about Joe Biden. And he doesn't sound like he has any guile or anger in him. If this is a conspiracy theorist. Wow. um, He's the most measured and clever uh, conspiracy (laughs) theorist ever. Um, Let me uh, John, let me let me go to uh, let me go to a couple of uh, questions here about Chalupa. Chalupa sure. is this um, this DNC operative that right. uh, everybody is rushing to uh, to her defense. A couple of things. She's trying now to discredit the Ukrainian official who worked at the embassy, the Ukrainian right. embassy in D.C. 
She's saying he is just a disgruntled employee. He was fired. This is the guy who said he was specifically instructed to help her with research on Trump, Russia and Manafort. That's right. What do you make of him and the the, you know, the, the, the exact opposite? Who do you believe here? How do we how do we know who to trust here? Well, that's a great question. And so I think the person she's referring to is a guy named Mr. Teloshenko, Andre Teloshenko. Mm-hmm. He was the political officer, so like the fourth or fifth ranking official in the U- Ukrainian embassy in Kiev. And he first gave his account in 20- January 2017 to Politico. Remember, it was Politico that first uh, weaved this conspiracy theory, if I can have mm-hmm. a little play on words there. Yeah. That, that and the so they're, very, they're so very right-wing, too, at Politico. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, they're, they're right up there. But they, yeah. um, they originally uh, reported that this woman had made these overtures. Two years later, I went back to re-report what Politico had and see. And, and what was very important in 2017 was while Mr. Teloshenko was on the record, the embassy itself in Ukraine stood silent. It would neither confirm nor deny that this had happened. I went back to the embassy. So forget Mr. Teloshenko for a second. I went to the ambassador himself, Ambassador Chalet, and I went to his press people and I said, listen, did this happen or not? It's time to come clean. If it didn't happen, let's knock it down. If it did happen, let's say what happened. And remarkably, the Ukraine embassy went on the record and said, yes, in fact, the Democratic National Committee operative, the contractor named Alexandra Chalupa, did in fact approach us in the spring of 2016, and she asked for the Ukrainian embassy to give it any dirt it had on Donald Trump and Paul Manafort. Now, the embassy said we didn't know at the time she was working for the DNC. We learned that afterwards, but we were troubled by her interest. We were uh, alarmed or surprised, I forget the exact word they used, that she was so interested in in getting dirt on um, Paul Manafort. She also asked for a second thing which is that when the Ukrainian president came to visit the United States in the summer of 2016, that he do an interview with an investigative journalist who was also seeking dirt on uh, Manafort and uh, Donald Trump. So the embassy now confirms. So if you, if you want to attack... Was that Isakov? Mr. Tell, uh, we don't know. I suspect okay. it is from an email, which we're going to talk about in a second. But yep. if you can't just... In that, now Chalupa has a problem because you can attack Teloshenko... But now his boss, the ambassador, has gone on the record saying, yep, that happened. No doubt about it. Now, we have other things that we know. There's, a, there's an email I obtained and other people obtained and corroborated by the Democratic National Committee in May of uh, 2016, which is right in this time frame when mm-hmm. both the embassy and Mr. Teloshenko said this funny business was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sends an email. Mrs. Uh, uh, Chalupa sends an email to her bosses at the Democratic National Committee, and she boasts that she's working with the Ukrainians and trying to hook them up with reporters, and that she had just come back from Ukraine, or had come back from an event, I'm sorry, an event where she was helping train Ukrainian journalists on how they could go dig up dirt on Paul Manafort. So there's a contemporaneous email that seems to implicate Chalupa in the very thing she's now denying. And it really corroborates what both the embassy and Mr. Teloshenko, now no longer an employee of the embassy, have said to both Politico and I. Uh, I think it's pretty solid evidence and pretty well accepted. I just saw the New York Times, in fact, a couple of days ago say, yeah, it looks like the DNC really did do that at, at the embassy. So wow. I, I think it, it's, it, it, I don't know what <sighs> Mr. Chalupa is trying to do now, uh, but uh, I think the factual uh, 
basis for that allegation is is pretty strong. Okay. Did she, I've only got a few minutes, so I got to just try to run through a few of these. Did Chalupa help set up the January 26th meeting uh, with the Obama White House with the Ukrainian prosecutors? I see no evidence of that. I believe uh, Teloshenko and the Ukrainian prosecutors got that overture directly. Okay. From the Obama White House. White House from the National Security Committee. And isn't that interesting? There's one thing to point out here. Remember, Joe Biden's current story is the prosecutor Shokin was a dirty, dirty dog, and that's why I got rid of him. If he was such a dirty dog in March, why in January would you invite his whole team over as a reward to come to Washington? That's another one of those things of Joe Biden's story that doesn't add up when you look at the timeline. Um, The media now covering for Chalupa saying she was just a part-time contractor for the DNC. You know, she's a soccer mom. I love this. Uh, And that all of her Manafort research was done on her own. And the DNC never instructed her of doing that, even though she was being paid $71,000 for this part-time job. Yeah, and she had been there for 10 years. I mean, she was routinely paid by the DNC going back into the early 2000s, according to the records I reviewed. Uh, You know, you could use the same defense for George Papadopoulos. Not that the media did it. He was an unpaid advisor to the Trump campaign. No big deal. But remember, the media made a big deal of George Papadopoulos. But now they want to have a different standard for Chalupa, who, by the way, was paid. So it does show you, Americans are so smart. They can see through all of this uh, double standard that the news media are currently applying. Any evidence that the DNC coordinated with the Ukrainian government for opposition research other than through Chalupa? Not that I have found. Now, I, uh, we, we do know one thing. We do know that a Ukrainian court last December, so December 2018, the Ukrainian administrative court ruled that two members of um, government in Ukraine had that, improperly tried to influence U.S. election. That's Sidnik and Lashenko. Right, Sergei Lashenko, the parliamentary yeah. member, and then the head of NABU. They're kind of like their anti-corruption FBI. Yeah. Why is that important? Lashenko is identified by Nellie Orr, the wife of Bruce Orr, the, the fusion GPS contractor, as one of her sources who gave her information on Manafort that she then gave to her husband to give to the FBI. So we know from Nellie Orr's testimony, at least one Ukrainian government official provided Hillary Clinton's opposition research team with information that ultimately made to the FBI. Now, that's the only nugget we have. It needs to be investigated further, I think, to find out what else we might learn. Okay, so this was appealed. They, they were found guilty of meddling in the 2016 election. Right. Then it was appealed, and the case seems to now have been dismissed. Um, It was set aside on the technicality, not on the findings of fact, but on the fact that an administrative court can't make a ruling against the parliamentary member because they have immunity. So it's never been set aside for the factual basis. Uh, It's been set aside because of of a process issue. We've been trying to get the court documents and mm, almost impossible. Do you have the court documents? Have you seen the court documents? I, uh, we had a freelancer in Ukraine that was able to get the documents from the administrative court, and they match exactly what the Kiev Post and what all the other Ukrainian newspapers, Union, and others had reported at the time. Yes, it, there was a rule. It, was, it wasn't very long. It was brief and straightforward. Uh, but it, it has uh, – our stringer was able to get that and provide, you know, provide us what it said. So, okay. Yes. Um, last question for you, John, and I know you have yes. had to have thought of this. Um, I put this together. I don't even know if you've seen it. I put this together on a chalkboard last week, and it, right. it took me 50 minutes to explain this, and I moved pretty rapidly. Um, and <laughs> many people Not have – story. I know. Many people have, have seen it. 
And the response is from anybody, um, anybody in a position of getting this story out, they have said to me the same thing. Glenn, how do you sell that on TV in two minutes? Because that's all we'll get is two minutes. And when you get into this story, it's so complex. If you don't have it down, you're going to sound like a conspiracy theorist or a nut because you can't explain it quickly. John, how would you yeah. how would you sell this? You're on TV for two minutes. How do you sell what this story really is about? I think there are two elements of it. One is that the uh, Ukraine was to the Democratic Party what Russia was alleged to be to the Republican Party. It was their playground in the 2016 election to try to gain foreign influence in our election. That's the first piece of it. The second piece of it is we had a sitting vice president whose son sat in the vapor trail of his father's policy work in Ukraine and cashed into the tune of $3.4 million. That's an official record amount of money that's been confirmed. And when uh, Ukrainians began to look into that arrangement, how that came to be, that vice president used his power of government and the threat of canceling uh, foreign aid to get that prosecutor fired. Whether his intention was to stop the investigation or just to get rid of the guy, under U.S. ethics laws, it doesn't matter. You are obligated as a, a government official, and Joe Biden was, to avoid even the appearance of a conflict of interest. It's obviously an appearance of a conflict of interest when you fire the prosecutor who is investigating your son's company. Those are the two storylines boiled down in, in you know, a couple hundred words tops. John, sincerely thank you for everything that you have done. Thank you for being relentless on this. Thank you for taking the bullets that most people um, most people aren't willing to do. Even if they have the facts, they're just not willing to do it. You are standing at a place where I think you win in the end, but it could very easily turn the other way, and, and, um, and they just, just destroy uh, credibility. That's what they're trying to do. And I, I pray for you, and I, and thank, I you. thank you for the work that you've done. Well, a lot more work to be done. We've got to keep digging. A lot more truth to be found. I know. Thank you so much, John. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. God okay. bless. You bet. Where are others like him? Where are they? Not many. I don't know how many employees he's going to find. He's going to be working yeah. at that place by himself. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. You know, you don't have to make a huge down payment to buy a home. Uh, it doesn't have to take an arm and a leg. And you should only buy the house you can afford. You know that fiscal responsibility is what I advise, and please don't get yourself behind an eight ball, especially now. But a house can be a good investment. According to a new survey, a very large number of new homeowners has put down $5,000 or less. This might be, might be the right move, um, but a 10-minute phone call to American Financing can help you determine that. Please don't get into any kind of loan where... If things take a downturn, you lose your house. Don't do that. Things are going to take a downturn. We just don't know when. AmericanFinancing.net. Call them now, 800-906-2440. Salary-based mortgage consultants, they don't pressure you. They, they don't have any upfront fees that you have to pay. They build custom loans to fit your need, including options for less money down. Call them now, 800-906-2440. They are waiting for your call. 
10-minute phone call, whether you're looking to buy a house, refinance, or to take all those high-interest credit cards and consolidate those things right now. That would be the most important thing you could do. Call 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Um, you know, what's amazing about this is, is John is so well versed in this. I think he's going to end up being the Bob Woodward of our generation. Um, he has, he has been on this now for years and a lot of these facts have been out as we've covered them, you know, as they came out, the problem with this story is nobody took all of it and put it together. You know, that's kind of my skill is being able to put all this this crazy storyline together and present it as a chalkboard so it's understandable. Uh, we all have our own role, his role. I mean, we've been drafting behind him on, on the information um, because he has gone to Ukraine, he has sat down, he has interviewed, and as he said, on some of these facts, it took him two months to track it down to make sure it was right before he published it. We put it in story form. It's now your turn. Now your job is to tell your friends. This is this is so much more important than um, who gets elected. If this is allowed to stand, this kind of corruption is going to eat us quickly. Um, if you want to find that chalkboard that explains all this, it's important that you get to know these people and what the storyline is. Uh, just go to my YouTube page. Uh, subscribe, please, to my YouTube page, YouTube Glenn Beck, uh, and then uh, search on my page for Ukraine Scandal Explained. Ukraine Span Scandal Explained. If you don't use that, it's almost impossible to find it. YouTube is is not just delivering this one up easily. Ukraine scandal explained uh, and pass that to a friend. Now, we're covering all these things every night. We're taking them piece by piece. If you heard us talk today about Chalupa, you may not know who she is at all. We covered that on last night's special uh, at five o'clock. So we're taking it piece by piece, personality, personality. Tomorrow, the um, Ukrainian uh, U.S. ambassador to Ukraine is going to be testifying in, in Congress. We're going to do an expose on her, I believe, on Monday uh, and, and go over what she talked about. But more importantly, show you the role she played. She's critical uh, in this storyline. So please join us. Um, and if you're a member of the Blaze, you're like a member of the family and a team member because we rely on you not only to get it out, but also to help fund the investigations and these very expensive shows that we're doing. You can save $20 now at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code GB20OFF. You're listening to Glenn Beck.